0: A quick warning, this episode contains conversations regarding facial and body dysmorphia and bullying. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, I'm Carmen. I'm Jackie. And I'm Emily, also known as Douglas. And we're your hosts. Welcome to Generation SOS On Record, a podcast that invites people to share their uncensored stories about mental health and substance use. We invite you to open your minds and your ears and allow these stories to speak louder than statistics ever could.
1: I never really had someone that was going through the same that thing. That musicians feel deeper. You, know, you kind of feel like you can't tell anyone, which is like the opposite of what I you should do. When I am too young to like have been included in a conversation, which I kind of call bullshit on.
2: Okay. Welcome Sydney to our podcast. We are really, really excited to have you here. Where are you right now in the world? How old are you?
1: You know, what stage of life are you in right now? Um, So currently I live in Greenville, North Carolina. I'm a SLP graduate student at East Carolina University, and I have like probably about six more months left. So I won't be living here in December. I'll be moving to Charlotte then. Um, I am currently 22 years old and stage of life, <laughs> I would say it's a lot of growing pains or just like change, but good change. And I've had to learn how to like deal with that.
2: So growing up, tell us a little bit about your life growing up, um, your relationship with yourself, maybe with your family mm-hmm. and kind of what was important in forming you now.
1: So growing up, I lived in a very, very small town called Rutherfordton, North Carolina, And um, our motto is like small town friendly, which I think is so like funny to me because people are friendly, but it's just, you know, that Southern like, you know, charm about people, but then they're kind of like mean behind closed doors type. I grew up always feeling like outside, like an outsider. I would say I was like bullied for majority of my life being in Rutherford County until like I left but yeah I was bullied for majority of my life I remember it was really really bad in like middle school I think it was just it had a lot to do with the way that I looked or like being um considered I guess like overweight to some people or just like super loud and obnoxious or annoying So I think, like, that's where it kind of all started with, like, my inner child, like, healing work. Um, And then, like, to top it all off, off of that, like, my background with, like, getting started with mental health was um, whenever I I was, like, I think it was, I was, like, 13. And something had happened in my family where I was exposed to someone who had um, depression. And I just had to kind of like step up for my family, um, in certain ways and just seeing the way that it affects someone. And like, I, I never knew that like mental health was a thing until I saw that and saw like them breaking down, like crying in tears, like people thinking that they had like just taken too much of their medication, which that's really not the case. And seeing such a stigmatized version of what people thought mental health was and compared to what it is now, which I feel like we've seen a, a positive shift towards that. But um, that was like my earliest like memory of seeing what mental, like a, a negative impact on like your childhood, what other people say to you, kind of like, it's, it's like a huge, like perfect snowball of things that can lead to you having depression or just other mental health issues. And luckily, she was able to get the help that she's needed and um, is doing way, way better now. I think at a very young age, I grew up super fast because of that, got into therapy whenever I was 13 and had been in it ever since, um, which I was like super thankful about. But I've also had like my own mental health struggles just from like, I guess like the stages of life, which that's why I feel like I'm so interested in psychology and always wanting to like research and look into the way that why humans are the way that they are.
2: Can you explain to us and like whoever's listening what inner child work is?
1: The way that you grow up as a child let's say something traumatic happens to you or you are able to express like your emotions as a child in a certain way but it's not like It's like, it's like things that you don't even realize like affect you as a child, but it, it kind of follows you into your adulthood life. And so you're trying to, that's like the whole subconscious thing behind it. It's like, you have these subconscious ways that you're programmed and it's just about untying that rope to allow yourself to be the most authentic, vulnerable person or like human that you want to be or be whoever you want to be. I feel like that was like the best way to probably put it.
2: No, it makes sense. Yeah. What was your reaction at that time? You know, you were being called names and being called labels and titles. Did you how did you react? Like what how did you cope or how did you cope in an unhealthy way? I
1: think I coped with humor a lot of the times. Like was such a people pleaser at the time. And so that also spiraled into my adult life. I always wanted to fit in. And so I would do anything to fit in with the people that I thought were super cool. I would kind of like act out, like, whether that be at church or like school, you know, being like the class clown that people kind of wanted me to be. And they kind of used me for it. And so I didn't really like realize that. And they weren't like really my friends. So I would just kind of, kind of just like be a little bit uh, mean to myself and just kind of do anything to fit in with that crowd basically I think that's what I would do I, I think I remember the first time like I realized that something like needed to change and I felt like it was whenever I moved away from the small town and I was able to find my individuality and where and find the people where I felt like celebrated I just started to love the things that were unique about me instead of, like, hating them, and I felt like a lot of it has to do with, like, I would say it started, like, really my senior year of college, and a lot of it with my graduate school career, and just, like, moving away, and finding the people who do support me, and supporting myself, like, number one, I feel like I've been able to find myself a lot um, by just kind of being alone and writing and journaling about my feelings and going to therapy and talking about that inner child work and learning how to not people please and how that goes into my relationships with people. So just kind of like doing a lot of inner work or just having a lot of self-reflection. All the inner work that you've done, which is
0: absolutely amazing. Once you've worked on yourself, you know, what has that created for you? I
1: think it's created, honestly, opportunities. I have always been interested in art and posting things on social media and kind of just putting myself out there and finding a community where we all support one another and understand one another and have, like, I mean, common interests. Put myself in opportunities where I felt like I would have never I I felt like I I probably never thought I would be in. I just kind of one day just said, like, F it. I'm just going to apply to, like, modeling agencies. I'm going to apply to, like, American Idol. And if I get it or not, like, whatever. But I feel like the biggest quote that I saw, and it said, um, don't give up on a goal just because of how much time it's going to take for you to achieve it, because the time is just going to pass anyways. So I think a lot of people in our right now, specifically, like limit themselves just because they feel like they're not capable or scared of like how much work and time it's going to get there. But I think that they often don't see like the other side of it where there's regret or, or like what could happen if you do. Try to go for it. And honestly, like, I think beforehand, that's what was the biggest thing for me was time. And I was like, well, I'm going to do this tomorrow, but I would never do it. And it was just like the act of believing in myself and like actually doing it that has gotten me as far as I have, like, at the moment.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but you do dabble in modeling now. I do. I do. Oh, so, yeah. I'm really curious about that, especially considering you know, your history as a child, how you mm-hmm. grew up and got bullied. It sounds like you were bullied for your appearance um, mm-hmm. and modeling has a lot to do with appearance um, yeah. on the surface level. Obviously it's a lot more than that, but how does that bring up your childhood? Do you feel like it's healing in a way? Like tell us about the relationship mm-hmm. between modeling and childhood.
1: Um, I think it is healing in a way Um, Just because of the inner child work I had mentioned before about the, you know, kind of like people pleasing and putting other people's opinions before my own. Um, I've been able to just like push myself to get outside of my comfort zone. But I think I've gotten to the point where it's just like rejection is redirection Um, in the modeling industry. There is a lot of rejection. Um, I've been rejected from modeling agencies like 50,000 times Um, and that's just the realm of the industry that I'm like getting into Um, and it only takes one yes to get you know kind of somewhere so I feel like it in a way it's taught me a lot about life and like if you really want something you just gotta work super hard for it it's not it's not just gonna come like super easy But I think it also comes down to like that self-awareness of knowing whenever social media or like looking at someone else's modeling career or someone else's achievements like gets super toxic to you and negative. And although the modeling industry does have does have a lot to work with, I mean, work on with inclusion and diversity and different body sizes and different faces and different things like that. I do think that I have a responsibility and other people have a responsibility to be self-aware and know when those, when comparison and consuming too much social media becomes negative and toxic to your own mental health. On that topic, I'm
2: fascinated by this. Carmen, jump in if you want to jump ship, but (laughs) I'm fascinated by this. Um, You know, Carmen reached out to you before this, like, What do you you know? What do you want to talk about a little? And one Mm -hmm.
1: of the things you mentioned was facial dysmorphia and body dysmorphia. Facial dysmorphia for me and body dysmorphia has a lot to do with how I grew up as a kid, or how I was seen, and like other people's opinions of me, and also the fact that um, whenever I was in college, I lost about like fifty pounds from freshman to no, I think it was sophomore to junior year, and A lot of it, not a lot of it, but I would say about 10 pounds had a lot to do with my anxiety and just, it wasn't the fact that I wasn't eating because I definitely, I was eating a ton. It was just the fact that I think the adrenaline and like me worrying about the future so, so much, like all the time to where it became like debilitating made me lose weight. I guess it would be, yes, in an unhealthy way. And there was like no cause behind it. Like I was going to doctors all the time trying to figure out why I'm losing this much weight. But I'm sitting here in front of my parents, like eating three meals a day, whether that be like Zaxby's McDonald's, like (laughs) literally the whole nine yards. And um, it was just like a difficult, like weird time for me in the summer because I was really just trying to figure out why my body was reacting this way. And I didn't realize that anxiety has physical symptoms, which is crazy. That was the summer I realized I had bad anxiety. And then um, the rest was just kind of like up to me. I decided I wanted to be a healthier version of me. And so I had ended up losing that 50 pounds. And so from then on, it was kind of a weird like mental obstacle for me to get over, I guess, just because whenever you go from being what other people considered like thick, I guess. So being, I guess now people, people would positively comment on my body all the time. They would be like, wow, you lost so much weight. Like you look so thin. You're so skinny. Like, what did you do? You know? And I feel like I struggled a lot with in my head, like, okay, but why am I getting all this positive attention now? Whenever I was getting negative attention, whenever I was, Bigger or no attention, like at all. Um, so, kind of going from that, and now being a skinnier, uh, like quote unquote skinnier individual, I look back sometimes at my old, like I my old self. I would say, and struggle to like remember her and like remember kind of like what she was like. Sometimes mm-hmm. you like see that person that you used to be mm-hmm. in the mirror, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but it's just like it's super scary. It's like, you're kind of like seeing your body grow in front of you. I feel like sometimes that can be super hard to deal with. So I just try to like stay off my phone and do what I kind of need to do just to regain like focus of like, I am, this is my vessel. Like it, it pumps blood into my veins. Like I'm allowed to think with my body. I, I give out my ideas. I listen to people. I I'm able to help kids to have you know speech or language impairments and try to change their lives like my body is just my body and and that's what it is it's not it doesn't determine my value if that makes sense so I just try to remind myself that but whenever I have those like episodes and a lot of it is around whenever I have like my period so it's like it's the weirdest thing. I'm pretty sure it's called pre uh, menstrual dysmorphic disorder, which Dixie D'Amelio, I think just came out saying that she had it too, but it's very, very common. Whenever I know my periods come around, it's just, you don't want to, I feel like you kind of just like want to avoid mirrors, like at all costs, just because you, you kind of know it's coming. So you want to not like, I, ha- I want to preserve like my mental health, if that makes sense. So There was this conversation on TikTok recently. They were talking about like how thin is like back in, or like curvier bodies were like, you know, a trend. And it's like, why are bodies trends? You know, I just feel like that's so odd to me. (laughs) carmen's snapping. Carmen's doing
2: her little snap thing that she does when she likes something.
1: (laughs) Having gone through your
2: mental health, like your relationship to mental health as a kid. Being a model, body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. um, facial dysmorphia. Have you ever turned to anything, perhaps unhealthy, um, mm-hmm. or some sort of Kobe mechanism that you wish you never had, or that you're still stuck in? Mm-hmm. Even if that's like, you know, some ritual in the morning that you wish you could just break.
1: I think I would like think about what food's healthy or like what food's unhealthy, and not just like enjoy the food. And I realized that it was kind of like ruining some of like my outings with my friends you know like if I if they want to go out to eat and then like enjoy that then like I realized that I struggled with it um and felt guilt like if I ate something that was like considered I guess like greasy or whatever you know just because of the I was so uneducated like at the time about it and I'm pretty sure it, the term is called like orthorexia, which is like you have an overfixation on like a ritual food, a ritual like workout routine, ritual diet, like just different things like that. So you would you only eat these certain foods because you feel like it's just going to it's got like some type of security to you. I think like I would turn to that sometimes just because it it made me feel like I had control. I feel like I'm definitely in a better place um, mentally with it. I found like lifting, and um, I've always been an avid runner. Like people would always see me at app running on River Street, <laughs> uh, like all the time. Recently found like weightlifting and And I was able to like, you know, gain muscle and, you know, eat the right foods and eat more and focus on like protein and just like vegetables and all the food groups and be able to go out and enjoy like food with my friends. And, and it's not to say that I don't struggle with it on like, you know, every once in a while, because sometimes whenever you were in that, that mindset for so long, you kind of go like, you can kind of go back towards it. But I think I'm in a much, much better place now than where I was whenever I was younger and in undergraduate school. Um, A year ago, I posted like this video on um, my Instagram and it was like a reel of me and my friends at the beach. And someone had messaged me that I had known oh, accuse me of like having like an eating disorder, which is like basically saying I was like um, appropriating it and that I needed to get help and like all this stuff. And I feel like if there's anyone out there who is struggling with food, you think that someone is struggling with food, I feel like coming at them with that approach is not probably the best way to do that Um, because it was more not coming out of like concern. It was more coming toward like at me as like a, an attack. And I was like, this is so confusing. Cause I feel like even a year ago, I was experimenting and like healing myself with that area in my life. And I was just like, this is so odd. But if there is someone out there who is struggling and listening to this, you, you will get there at your own pace. And like, all you have to do is just find help and, and therapy is like the best way possible.
0: A lot of people can relate, especially with social media nowadays. Comparison's huge and it's right Mm -hmm. in front of us all the time. So thank you for addressing that. What is some advice you would give to your younger self?
1: I would probably say to her, you're allowed to like be who you want to be. Like regardless of what your parents have told you, you're allowed to create and evolve and like as a human you're you're that's like what life I feel like is all about I feel like I wish I would have known that as a kid like I I feel like this just like made me uh, so emotional because I feel like when you when you think about your younger self you don't want to be like so hateful to the the little girl that's like inside of you but I feel like we all have like that inner voice. And we're sometimes like mean to her. Also, don't be mean to yourself. That's another good one. But yeah,
0: <laughs> that's so important to love yourself
1: in past, present, and future. So thank you. I really appreciate it. I've loved being on here and support Generation SOS. <laughs> For
0: more conversations like these, or to find a support system near you, go to generationsos.org.